Welcome to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. We hope this podcast encourages you, challenges you, and furthers your relationship with God in a whole new way. Enjoy this week's message. Amen. So I'm excited. We're going to start our um, a series uh, called the Waiting Room. Amen. So we're gonna we're gonna. I thought that would you would be excited about that, but maybe you're tired of waiting. So uh, that's why we're having we're gonna preach this series because some of us may be tired of waiting, but we're gonna teach you how to wait well. Amen. So really excited. We're gonna have different speakers come up, uh, different pastors come up to speak. Um, We're going to be focusing on the book of Genesis. So we want you to read along with us. Amen. Uh, So next week, just start, you can read ahead because next week we're going to talk about Noah. Amen. We're going to talk about Noah. So you can start reading about Noah like after today. Amen. And so we're really excited about that. And so today you're in for a special treat. Amen. Because I'm not speaking. No, I'm really excited. We're going to have Pastor Lewis share a word with us this morning. I'm very excited about that. Can you give him a Calvary welcome as he comes up and share the word with us this morning? Good morning. Today will be more like a journey through some scripture than anything else. When we were first discussing some of the issues about waiting on the Lord, we talked about in chapter 1 how Adam might be waiting for something special to come along by the name of Eve. But you know what? Adam didn't know he was waiting. He had no clue that there was something else coming. God saw his need and took care of it. We don't see any evidence in the scripture. He says, now, Adam, I've got something special coming for you. You're really going to like this. Nothing like that ever appears in the scripture. And so how do you preach about Adam waiting when he didn't know he was waiting? But nonetheless, he kept doing what he was supposed to do. So this is just a mild introduction to an hour-long sermon. Are you all ready? Okay, he uh, continued to prune the trees, hoe the garden, care for the animals. He did what he was told to do. And I think it's also important that we understand there are some keys here to help us understand how that we are to wait on God. But let me begin first in Isaiah chapter 40, I believe it is. Let me get my glasses on so I can see better. But those who wait on the Lord, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. First thing you've got to realize that when you're waiting and you're in a process of waiting, whether it's a good wait or a bad wait, whether it's a short wait or a long wait, it doesn't matter. It's the place where you can renew your strength. We go on reading, and they shall mount up with wings like eagles. When we were raising our kids, we would tell our kids, we don't want you to be a turkey, we want you to be an eagle. 
We don't want you running around on the ground, squawking and carrying on, and eventually winding up on somebody's Thanksgiving table. We want you to soar with the eagles. We want you to rise to new heights. And so we trained our kids to rise up and to become whatever it was that God wanted them to be. But that was not possible without some detours in their lives. And God took every detour, every situation, and he strengthened them in every one of those situations. He made them strong for the soaring that they are doing today. The verse goes on. They shall run and not be weary. Now, y'all may not believe this, but there was a day I could run and not grow weary. It was a long time ago. I was chasing dinosaurs. But uh, I, I digress, I guess. I have now come to the place where, and I'm glad this last phrase is in the verse because it says there, you can walk and not faint. And I, that's what I do really well. I walk. And I just, it's kind of a slow pace, but I ain't fainting. And so I'm feeling pretty good about this. The uniqueness of all of this is that we need to wait on the Lord. And I don't care where you are today, you are called to wait on God and to trust in God and not stop doing what God has called you to do. Do not grow weary in your well-doing. So we need to stay doing what we're... Don't make excuses. My life is too busy. That's an excuse. I'm too tired. I don't feel right. Listen, I don't feel right today. I'm telling you, I don't feel right today at all. And it has nothing to do with me preaching. It has to do with other situations in me, physically. But here I am. I wasn't going to let anybody down. I'm going to be faithful to my purpose and to my job and my situation here at Calvary Life. And really, you've got to realize the idea of waiting is realizing that I am being prepped and prepared to serve God in this church. Amen. You're not to be a part-time believer, a part-time attender, a part-time studier of the Word, or a part-time prayer. Listen, we are to be full-time, fully in, totally given over to the things of God. That's the call of God. That's the expectation of God. And we need to stop. Listen, I need to stop making up my own rules and regulations. I need to stop changing the boundaries that God has set forth in the Word of God. If God has set a boundary there, then I am obligated to stay within the framework of that boundary. And you'll also notice that in waiting, it is the best place to minister to other people. You need to realize that and stop bemoaning your waiting. Stop complaining about your, I'm still stuck here. You're going to get unstuck real soon. Especially if you keep on ministering to other people. Don't stop. Keep going. We've already heard that today, right? The whole idea is that we mount up this strength, that we soar like the eagles, that we run when we have to and walk when that's all you can do, but you keep going. You don't stop. Now, I want to go back to Genesis chapter 1 
And I have four. There's actually seven C's that cover the whole Bible. I'm going to give you four of them that cover the first 11 chapters of the book of Genesis. And the first one, of course, is creation. And there are some things there in creation I want you to understand. You know that Jesus created the heavens and the earth. God created them. Well, that was done through Jesus. Amen? He is our creator. He is our provider. He is the one that gives us that strength that Isaiah talked about. All of those things are a part of our life, and it comes through Christ. And when we stop to realize, when I'm at work, I always throw my glasses in my pocket because I broke about four pairs at work. So you'll find me going up here and then going down here for my glasses, but that's okay. I'm old. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That's pretty cool, isn't it? And in Galatians 1, in Galatians 1.16, we find, therefore, by him all things were created. By him, Christ, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on the earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, dominions, principalities, or powers. It's interesting that that phraseology right there repeats itself in the book of Ephesians and throughout that theme is throughout the book of Romans as well. Interesting that he is in control of all things. Listen, you may not like the president, but God's in control nonetheless. And he has prepared us to live life no matter who's in the White House. We are to live for God. Amen? Serve God. And by this, uh, when we look at this, we go down to all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. There are some other ways of looking at that and interpreting that last little phrase. He created life, but he also sustains it throughout all the periods of time. Whether it's our life, whether it's the earth, whether it's the universe, and you know the universe is still expanding. We know that. We see it expanding. The earth is still expanding some. Science tells us about that. And I'm glad our God is the master scientist. He is the omniscient one. He knows all things. So what I'm trying to do here for just a moment or two is to give you confidence in the power of God. He is creator. And a lot of times we'll say, oh, yeah, he created heavens and the earth. But we don't let that, the magnitude of that statement really sink into us. We need to understand that our God is all-powerful. He is omnipotent. He is able to take care of every one of our situations. He will see us through. It's not a matter of whether or not God's going to do it. It's a matter of whether or not we're going to listen and follow. And so we've got to understand that God is able just like our songs we're talking about this morning. I appreciate those songs. They fit well. In uh, Romans chapter 11, verse 36, For of him and through him and to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Amen. And there really isn't the end of the chapter, as you well know. Chapters come much later after the writing of the Word of God. 
Notice that I go into chapter 12 according to your Bibles. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, to present yourselves a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord, which is your reasonable baseline service. You're to be living as a sacrifice. I think too often we are living as if we are in charge. You're not in charge. You are a sacrifice being offered and made up for God every day. You're looking for opportunities to say no to self and yes to God. You're looking every day for opportunities to say, yes, Lord, more of you and less of me. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for an opportunity to grow in God and to become what God wants us to be. God is ever pressing on us. Listen, I know we're having struggles. Like I said before, don't bemoan your struggles. Don't bemoan your waiting time. Those are the times that God is pressing you, molding you, and making you better and prepared for your future. And we have a future in this church, don't we? We know that God is going to deliver us to that future. We understand that God is still yet molding and making us. That's why we're talking about the waiting room. What happens in the waiting room? Well, we'll get to there in a minute. I don't want to get ahead of myself. I don't want it to be too short. Hmm. But when we look at this, and we see that he is the creator of all things, we also have to understand that it takes energy. God is energy. The very essence of glory is the result of energy within God. The expression of that energy is through a bright light. So bright, so powerful, so strong that the, to look upon it would strike us down. We would not be able to stand in the presence of God. Remember Moses? Not only did he have to be put in the cleft of the rock, but God had to cover him. And then Moses could not see until God had actually passed by. That is energy. You know that when God created the heavens and the earth, he could have created everything all at once. He could have said, everything, you, it's in my mind. I've already got it all together. There it is. He didn't do it that way. He did it one day at a time, little bits and pieces. Let me tell you something. That's how God works on you. He's not going to just throw everything on you all at once. He will work a little here, and he's there waiting for us then to get to where we need to be so he can do a little more. He's always bringing us and moving us forward. We cannot stay still. We cannot grow comfortable in a gym. We should not grow comfortable with a small crowd. I believe that God has called us to build a, a uh, crowd, a group of people, a church that will reach out all across this North Texas area. I believe that God has pulled us together for that kind of purpose. He is wanting us to realize the potential that he has and will do through you and I. It's a powerful thing to see and to understand what God is about to do. After God had created all things, after God had done all the stars and the sun and the moon and the earth and the animals, you know that there was no less power in him than there was when, before he ever started. 
And then he goes on to say that he actually controls or puts everything into form and keeps it active. He doesn't let it blow up on us. He doesn't let it wear out. Maybe we should be better stewards of this planet, but I guarantee you no matter what we do to this planet, it won't end until God says it's going to end because God is holding it together no matter what. Another thing that really is intriguing to me is that when he created it, we know that there is chaos, there's watery, soupy mess. Do you know that everything needed for an ecosystem was already in that water? When it talks about him pulling out the land, it's as if he took his hand through the waters and pulled out land and formed it and made the land. And it stays where it's supposed to stay. The water stays where it's supposed to stay. That's declared to us in the Word of God. That's the power our Savior has. That's the power our God has. And you need to stop feeling sorry for yourself and realize that you can make something of your life with the power of God in your life. You don't have to yield to the worldly system. We talked about making ourselves that sacrifice. Verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may know the good and perfect will of God. Why do we stop? Why do we hesitate when it comes to making ourselves a sacrifice? Why is it that we're not willing to pay any price at all, but we sure want the blessings? I'm uh, suggesting that a lot of the things you desire do not come because you have not made the sacrifice God has called you to make. You have not yielded. You have not surrendered. You have not put yourself in the right place at the right time. Another thing about the waiting room, it is a place where God allows us to be strengthened. It is a place where God allows us to be molded and pressed and made into what he wants us to be. In other words, you should glory in your waiting. I've had three years of waiting. Three years since I left Columbus. Boy, time goes by, doesn't it? When you're fretting and you're worried about your future, time goes by real fast. What you've got to do is step back and say, wait a minute, I need to pray more. I need to be in the Word more. And as I increase myself in the Word of God, and as I begin to pray and pray like I normally would pray uh, over people in Columbus and even Calvary Life, I would pray daily for Calvary Life when I was in Columbus. I have an investment here. I also have a vision here. Not only do I have purpose and a place, but I have a vision. And I see where we're going. I can understand where we're going. I see those that can help us, and I see those that are still in their waiting period. And you need to start being aggressive and get yourself out of that waiting period with study of the word presenting yourselves as a living sacrifice, not conforming to this world, but learning what's wrong in your life. Here's another thing. God will expose what you are in the waiting room. God will expose what you are in the waiting room. Listen, there's nothing more precious or powerful 
than God opening up and you looking inside and going, oh dear, what am I going to do? Well, you're going to surrender. That's what you're going to do. Amen? If there's something out of, don't stop justifying sin and start stepping into righteousness. Amen. That's where we need to be. Maybe God hasn't moved you forward out of the waiting room because he's still waiting for you to get righteous, to start doing what is right, to adhere to the call of God. I hope y'all don't mind me yelling. That's how I preach. Yes, I may be mad at you, but only because I want you to move, because I have a heart for you. <clears throat> and that's creation. But as you well know, in Genesis chapter 3, corruption comes. See, some of the things that we see in Genesis, first and foremost, is the theology of sin, how God views sin. God doesn't like sin. That's why I, I press people to move out of their sinfulness into their righteousness. Righteousness is your rightful place. Those are good ideas to have. Do what's right and pleasing unto God. But then we come to corruption. This idea of corruption, we see it demonstrated by Adam and Eve. In chapter 2, it says that God said to the man, you can eat of any tree in the garden. I kind of like not having any restrictions to the majority of the trees. But he said of that one tree of good and evil in the midst of the garden, don't you eat of it. And I wonder, I don't see anywhere in the scripture where Adam shared that command directly to Eve. I don't see where he said, don't eat of that tree. Because Eve's created a little later in chapter 2. So Adam got the command, and Adam didn't step up and cover. You know, if, if Adam had done what I think, now this is me, this is me, because the scripture is not real clear about this, but if Adam had been what God had intended him to be, he would have stepped between Eve and the dragon or serpent and would have said, thus saith the word of God. Because when we read about Jesus going to the temptation after his baptism, he stepped in front of Satan and said, thus saith the word of God. That's the purpose of the word of God. Not only does it expose what we are, if we are honest with ourselves, it shows us how to become what he wants us to be. That's why I love Psalms 37. Trust, delight, commit, rest. That's waiting. Sit back and have faith. Not only do you find your exposure in the waiting room, you also find you also find your value of life. God is wanting to do something with you, not around you. Now, if he has to, he have a, he'll have somebody else come and do your job if you're not going to do it. If you're not going to take your place, somebody else will. God does not run out of resources. But God wants you to step into something. God is waiting on you. He has a purpose for you, and he wants you to do that very thing. 
we see that it says there of that corruption time that Eve was deceived, but Adam took on the brunt of the sin. That's why I kind of rationalized to some degree Adam's responsibility or lack of responsibility to be taken. We read in the New Testament, for by one man, Adam, sin infected us all. And Jesus becomes the second Adam. As Adam faced temptation, he failed. Christ faced temptation, he succeeded with the word of God. And he stepped forward into his calling. The only way that you can step forward into your calling is to move out of your waiting room to move out of your idleness, to move out of your being stuck and be obedient and use the Word of God. The Word of God will show you every step you take. The Word of God is important that way. In, in this, this being the first rebellion, now, you don't have to agree with me on this, but this is how I see it. The first rebellion is in Genesis 3, 1 through 7. The second rebellion is Genesis 6, 1 through 7, where divine beings, angels, that probably had joined Lucifer being cast out of, uh, of heaven after their rebellion. And if you want to read more about that, I would turn you to Revelation chapter 12, verse 9. I'd turn, have you turn to Ezekiel 28, Isaiah 14, 12 through 17. And you could look that up. Now, I would be preaching an hour if I was to go there, but I won't. Jesus said this in uh, Luke 10, 18. He says, I saw him fall from heaven like lightning. It wasn't easy. It wasn't quick. I mean, it wasn't uh, slow. It was like lightning with a loud bump. Thunder. I, I just see it that way. Then the third rebellion that we see is the Tower of Babel. After that second rebellion, God says, I repent that I even made man. And then enters Noah. And there is a, a great lesson about waiting. Now, I'm not going to preach that fully, but there is 120 years that he's still doing the same thing. You ever get tired of doing the same thing? I used to lay carpet. And uh, when we would put down tax strip, I hated that more than anything. Concrete floors with steel pins being driven in, and I'm not allowed to hit the wall or the baseboard. So much fun. And every day, they'd throw the box of tax strip at me because they were training me. And every day, hitting that hammer. And one day, he finally said, I'm going to promote you. You're going to do pad. I was so happy. No longer having to do that. Here, here's Noah every, every day, pounding, putting things together, having to mess with the bitumen, put all that together. That's nasty stuff, boys and girls. It was, it was not an easy job. It was a very, very difficult job, and yet he stayed faithful to his job. Have you ever been in a place where you didn't like what was going on? Have you ever been in a marriage that didn't suit you and you thought, well, I'm just going to get out of it, I'm going to run? I mean, sometimes you have to run, right? 
but uh, there is glory for you if you can sit still and wait on God. That's not true in every situation, but there is glory for you if you can. We dealt with uh, several marriages, and many made it, and boy, they have prospered. They have prospered. There were some we had to let go their way. One, because of abuse. Not ever going to tell a woman to stay in an abusive relationship. But we, we want you to endure. If it's just hardships, we call you to endure. God calls you to endure. Matthew 19, when being questioned by the lawyer, Jesus replies, he had said, God hates divorce, right? The lawyer says, but Moses, but Moses, he gave us a decree of divorce. And the answer Jesus said was, but it was not that way in the beginning. One of the most important things I want you to learn about this, we see not only the theology of sin, we also see God's inclination for gender. He made one male, one female. We also see the doctrine of marriage, one man, one woman. We see all of these things. The foundation has been laid. Why are we always trying to change what God has made foundational? Family is foundational. And we need to abide in that foundation. The third rebellion, the Tower of Babel, is uh, another place of confusion. Actually, what you can see in each of these rebellions, you can see the lust of the eyes. The second one, you see the lust of the flesh, because that's sexual in nature. And in the third one, the pride of life. So it fits the pattern that we are given. And so here we are. And that brings us to that third C, catastrophe. The flood. God wipes out. Everybody that wasn't on the ark. Thank God that there was a man and his family that had been preserved as righteous. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. But it also says that he was righteous. We can thank uh, Enoch for that. And you follow the line. Enoch, Methuselah, Noah, that was the line. Someone understood the principles that had been given them. God always will preserve you if you look to him. So you might be afraid of life. You might grow weary in life. But God will preserve you. And that's our confusion. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that. I've got about 20 verses about that, but. We'll let that go. Then after we see a repopulation, we see God actually start all over, aren't we? God, Listen, if God has to start all over, he will. But there's a better path. Just get righteous and stay righteous, stay on the right path, and keep moving forward. And that's where we are today. We need to keep moving forward. We need to realize that we have a destiny, what that means. Let's just get right down to it. What that means is we don't have to give. That's a sacrifice. We have to give sacrificially. You say, well, I can't afford it. 
doesn't matter. God will provide. If you're making a sacrifice unto God, he will provide. I believe that with all my heart. It also means that I am going to move into righteousness. We've already made a list of that. God wants you to come into righteous behavior. That's the whole idea behind Noah, is that God honored him and preserved him because of his righteousness. And then after Noah, we have Abraham. And Abraham was truly a man of faith. Did he get caught in some lies? Yes, he did. Was he in trouble with some foreign kings? Yes, he was. But God preserved him because he was a man of faith. Romans chapter 4. How was Abraham justified? By faith. <laughs> By faith. And of course, after Abraham, you have Isaac, Jacob, and you get to Joseph. More said about Joseph. I think we've already had a sermon in the past, not too terribly long ago, about Joseph. And I think declared in that sermon was more time is given to Joseph than any other patriarch of the Old Testament. Because he is a type of Christ seen saving his people. He preserves the covenant. He is a covenant keeper. Boy, if I were only preaching that one. <laughs> oh my, that is good stuff, isn't it? And God is doing all of this. Here's the other thing I want you to see. God has always used time to his advantage. From creation to Abraham is how long? 2,000 years. From Abraham to Christ is how long? 2,000 years. Now you can take that little cyclical thing and do whatever you want to with it. A lot of people are trying to do all kinds of things with that. But God has taken 4,000 years to get to where we are. There's one question I haven't actually touched upon. And remember when Adam and Eve sinned and they went and hid, right? And the scripture says, and they heard a sound of God in the garden. And they, they wrote it as writing or uh, walking through the garden. If you really look at that text and you really understand the Hebrew, which I don't, so I rely on those that do, it was more like a wind rustling in the leaves of the trees. And there was not normally that type of wind. So when they felt the wind, they knew God was coming. Isn't that wild? I don't know, in fact, I don't see in the word that they walked every day with God. I don't see that at all. I don't see Adam and Eve walking every day in the cool of the day. That's never said in the word of God. So I see when God comes, it's, it's Christ coming. He's coming in the power of, with the Spirit. He's there with it. The Spirit was with him in creation, in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of the chaos. Are you catching a theme? In the midst of your waiting, God is already there. God is already there. He's waiting on you to pay attention to him. He's staring you right in the eye. And he's saying, I'm here. Where are you? Why are you looking over there? Why are you looking over here? Why are you doing that? I'm right here. God's omnipresence, he's in everybody already. You just got to wake up and see him. And so today's call is for you to wake up and see him. 
today. Because I believe Jesus at that time came to rescue Adam and Eve from their sin. Yes, did he, did he place hardship upon them? Yes. The ground got cursed. The serpent got cursed. Adam's life just got complicated. It, it was. Eve's life really got complicated. But they were not cursed. That's a big difference. Big difference. And they are put out of the garden. But before that, what did God do? What did Jesus do? He killed an animal, took the height of the animal, and covered their sin, their nakedness. That's a sign of his blood upon them. He's teaching us. He's showing us. And he shows us this over and over and over again. So I want you to realize that today is an opportunity for you to be found by Jesus. Maybe you've already been saved. And I trust that most of us here, if not all of us, have been saved. But maybe you are stuck. Maybe you're in a waiting room that is unpleasant. Maybe you're in a place that you don't like. Maybe you're in a relationship that's just not what you thought it would be. Surrender to God. So the call today is for you to surrender to God. Afresh and new. Find relief today in a Savior who has come to rescue us. Pastor G. Come on, that was good. That was an education. That was an education. Amen. Come on, why don't you stand to your feet as we close our, our, our service this morning. Um, many takeaways that, that I have from, from that message. Um, one thing he said, that God will always move us forward. Um, if you read in the Gospels, um, Jesus healing of the man with the withered hand. The first thing he, he told him, he says to come forth. Come forth. Like, come out of your situation. Come out of distractions. Come, come forth. Um, God wants us to live a surrendered life. In order, in order for us to do that, we just have to come forth. <laughs> we have to come to him. Amen. He is our Savior. Amen. And so I, I really want to continue to challenge us is to leave some things behind and to press toward the mark. Let's go forward. God has so much more in store for you. I don't know what type of season that you're in, he wants to be in it with you. He has purpose for you. Amen? I mean, we love to go from year to year, get excited for the, for the new year. God, God's like, you need to get excited every day. You need to get excited. It doesn't matter what season that you are in because he is in that season with you. He's there with you. If you're in a storm, he's, he's there with you. I know sometimes you don't sense him. He might be sleeping in a storm, right? But he's still there. He's still speaking. 
Amen. A lot of times I know we are waiting for God to move, but I strongly believe this. He is waiting for us. He is waiting for us to take time and rest in his presence, to hear what he has to say in order for him to to lead us. See, we live such a busy life. We can't hear God when, when things are always busy. He says just to come forth and rest. Amen. So I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to release you. Amen. So that way you can have a great, great New Year celebration. Amen. But I just want to just speak a, a word over you, if I, if I may. Father, just I thank you for this church. I thank you for every family that's represented in this house today, Lord. I know you're doing an amazing thing in this house, Lord, and I say this all the time. Lord, whatever you do in this house, you will do it in our house. I thank you, Lord, that I just want to just pray for all the servants in this church, Lord God, who have been serving in this church for years, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that you're going to multiply some things in their lives, Lord God, whether it's finances, Lord, just opportunities, Lord God. Bless them even more, Lord God. I thank you for their commitment and their dedication. I thank you for their yes, Lord God. We know that you honor faithfulness, Lord God, so I thank you for their faithfulness right now. All that who serve, in this house, all that who believe that in the vision that you placed on this church, I speak blessings over them, Lord God. I pray that they will see you more this year, that they will see you, see you more. They will get closer to you as they draw near to you, Lord God. We know that you will draw near to them, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, I pray, Lord, that they experience things they have never experienced before, Lord God. They will hear words from you that they've never heard before, Lord God. I pray that right now, Lord God, that you will put, uh, put them on the right path. Give them directions. I see, I see dreams being birthed. I see purpose being birthed in this church, Lord God. Thank you for that right now, Lord. I pray that this will be a church who will come forth, who will get closer to you, who will come to you, Lord God, um, not when, when things are great, when things are tough, Lord God. I pray that this will be a church, Lord God, as we wait, Lord God. We're still singing, we're praising, we're worshiping you, Lord God. And they still see miracles in the waiting room. It's possible to see miracles in the waiting room. Hallelujah. I thank you for that, Lord God. I speak promotions, Lord God, over this church, Lord God. I speak business opportunities over this church, Lord God. Thank you, God. Thank you for every member. We pray over their bodies, Lord God. We come against sickness, Lord God. This won't be the year, Lord God, they will struggle with any ailments, Lord God. 
We speak healing over this church, freedom over this church, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Healing in the minds. We come against anxiety. We speak peace, Lord God. Lord God, we root out depression right now, have no room, no place, Lord God, in this house. Yes, God. We thank you, God, for all that you're going to do as we wait for it. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. Come on, somebody give him some praise. Hallelujah. Happy New Year. You guys enjoy. Enjoy time with your family. Have a great meal. Amen. Uh, I will see you next week. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to Calvary Life DFW's weekly podcast. If what you heard today impacted you, be sure to tell us about it. You can rate and subscribe to this podcast or contact us on social media. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram or our website, calvarylifedfw.com. Thank you so much and have a great week.